Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to talk about money and your relationship. But first, I want to talk about something that has been a growing concern for me. And maybe this is the reason why too many people are getting bad advice or the wrong advice. And that is so many other people out there. I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to get into some war or try and build up my podcast by trashing other uh, people. So I'm not going to say who they are specifically. Uh, but I've noticed, you know, uh, podcasts, blogs, uh, YouTube channels, and when they give off uh, advice about sex in a relationship, they seem less concerned about providing you good, accurate uh, advice and more concerned about pandering to a political narrative. And, you know, I listen to these other shows um, because, well, like in any other business, you got to see what your competition is doing and try and take a look at, you know, what is and isn't uh, working, you know, kind of learning from other people's mistakes. But there is this whole pandering to a political narrative that I'm just not willing to do. Uh, if you're listening to me is because of the advice, not because I'm trying to reinforce some ideology uh, that you have around, you know, politics. And what really got me concerned here is this, you know, on this one show, they were trying to go off and pander uh, to the political left's narrative that gender is a social construct. And that men can have vaginas too, and that some women have penises and men can get pregnant, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that's all bullshit. All right. I I'm going to call that out. That's all bullshit. You know, there's no such thing, uh, as a person who can change their gender, even if they get plastic surgery and, you know, all of that, their DNA, you know, and the way they were naturally born doesn't change, right? You know, so let's get this clear. If you were born with a vagina, you're a woman. If you were born with a penis, you're a man. This is not complicated. In fact, you know, no one was confused by this until about, what, 10 years ago when, you know, uh, for political convenience, they needed you know, another victim group uh, in order to try and get elected. Now, again, this is not uh, my uh, political podcast. That's the Jacob Johnston show. Uh, but I just want you to be, you know, kind of concerned about, you know, <clears throat> where you're getting the advice from and whether the advice is meant to actually help you versus trying to pander to you in order to get those ad revenues, right? And I'm not willing to promote, you know, fake or false information or narrative. In fact, I've recently had an advertiser, you know, uh, you know, come, uh, you know, are an opportunity for an advertiser or a sponsor. And I had to turn them away. And I turned them away because they were wanting to promote you know, something uh, for transgenderism, you know, and I, I believe in convictions. I believe, well, shoot, it's not even about convictions. It's just about plain old common sense and plain, you know, 
uh, just being truthful, honest, and not pandering to a delusion in order to try and score political points or try and create the idea of a, you know, of a victim group. You know, so um, when you're out there, you know, try and, you know, really pay attention. And if they start getting into the idea that they are, you know, pandering to a political narrative, or if they're going out there trying to promote the idea that men can have babies and, um, you know, and women can have penises. If you're hearing that, just know that you're not really going to get good advice. You're, you know, if they can't grasp a simple concept, such as the difference between men and women, a concept so simple that even my, th- uh, what was it? My kids when they were three or four could grasp it pretty clearly, you know, and pretty succinctly, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it. But, you know, again, you know, you want to make sure that if you're going out there trying to get advice to improve your relationship, you want people who are grounded in reality in order to make sure that the advice you're getting is something that will work. All right. So with that said, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Now, in the past, I talked about the idea uh, with money in a relationship in terms of communication, uh, that doing a budget together is a great way uh, to build communication in your relationship because how you spend your money and how you budget your money tells a lot about your household values and what it is you're trying to build as far as a life, you know, for you and your family. You know, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. And so in this, you know, episode, I'm getting a a little bit away from, you know, the communication, the, you know, goal setting and the values uh, that you are setting up to your household. And I'm going to talk about those, you know, people who, I guess, they haven't combined their finances yet for whatever reason. And they're still trying to separate their money, having separate bank accounts, you know, having, you know, bills and separate names. This is your bills. These are my bills coming out of my account, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you're going through and you're setting up a situation in which you still you know, live financially different from each other instead of as one, you got to start asking why. Because if you're, you know, still maintaining your own separate accounts, your own separate finances, and then you're just splitting up the bills between you, that seems less like a, a marriage and more like roommates, you know, roommates with benefits. And then I guess maybe you had a couple of kids together. And so the question is, How are you really setting up your life? Because if you're setting it up where you seem more like roommates with benefits rather than a married couple in it together to build a a shared dream, you know, you're not going to have a really great marriage. You know, the preacher did say the two of you shall become one, and that means one in everything. So how is it that you're going to be able to build you know, a great relationship when you're still only half in, right? When you're still keeping so many things separate, you're thinking this is his, this is hers. 
you're not going to be able to do that. And you're not really getting a clear picture because mostly those who do not combine their finances and do not, you know, share as one economic household tend to not communicate about what you're spending money on. And let me give you an example of this. Me and my wife, when we first got married, you know, we didn't join, you know, our bank accounts right away. In fact, we weren't even banking at the same bank. You know, we were doing the traditional thing where, okay, I go to work, I make money, the money goes into my bank account, and then, you know, I'll cover these bills. And then my wife, you know, she'd go to work and her paycheck gets deposited into her bank account. And then she handles, you know, you know, the other bills. And then when it came to the things that weren't bills, you know, um, things like the, you know, groceries and, you know, um, you know, just some other miscellaneous stuff. I guess you can still call them bills, you know, daycare and all of that. We didn't really, you know, go through and, you know, state who is, you know, going to pay for all of that. And so, you know, I would go through, cover my bills, and I'd think, hey, all this rest of the money is mine to do with what I want. You know, I can get the things that I want. You know, as long as I'm paying my bills, what difference does it make? And she was kind of thinking the same thing. And as we had kids, we realized this really didn't work. We would always, you know, go through and think, okay, we covered all the bills, you know, go off, you know, do the things that we wanted to do to have fun. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, shoot, hey, we need to get diapers. You know, where's the money for the diapers going to come from? Crap, I don't know. I mean, I only have this much money. How much money do you have? You know, or, hey, you know, um, we're going to have to pay for the daycare bill. You got the money? I was like, me? I thought you were covering it this time. You know, and you start getting into that money fight and, you know, money problems situation. And maybe as you were hearing that, you thought about, man, this is the type of conversation I have all the time. You know, because you're still trying to leave economically separate lives. You're trying to build a, a house for your family, but you have one uh, floor plan that you're working off of. He has another floor plan, uh, floor plan that he's working off of, and you're building a complete mess that just goes through and creates, you know, a lot of, you know, tension in the relationship, a lot of resentment, and a lot of, you know, going back and forth, yelling at each other. In fact, the number one uh, cause of divorce inside of the United States is money fights and money problems. You know, it's the number one thing that couples argue about. And I get it. You know, growing up in most households, no one talked about money. No one went through and talked about how to handle money, how to do a budget, how to invest, how to, you know, save. And, you know, since they didn't talk about it, they didn't build up those muscles. They didn't build up your working muscles. And so one of you uh, may be, you know, looking at, ways to skip work all the time and maybe not tell the other, you know, just because you can't, you know, stand the job, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, another situation that comes about is, you know, having separate bank accounts, you're trying to hide money, you know, you're going through and spending so much money on everything and you're trying to hide your purchases. 
And as you run out of money and everything, and yet you still can't, you know, get over the fact that there's still more things that you want to do, you're charging up the credit cards. And since the credit card is only in your name, you're thinking, great, I can hide it. You know, I can go through and make sure, you know, the bills are covered and then I can use this credit card. That's only in my name. And since we have separate bank accounts and we have e-bills, you know, there's not a paper bill that comes to the house. We're going to hide this. You know, they'll never know. And then, you know, go through and say you get to a situation where you can no longer cover the minimum payments of the credit card. You know, so you stop paying on it, you know, and they're only calling you up, presumably. And so you think you can hide your financial troubles. And then what happens? You decide that you want to get a better house or maybe you get your first house. And that's when the credit scores come out. And they finally figure out what it was you were hiding all this time. You understand, you know, the problem that this creates. You understand how this is damaging to your relationship. You know, there's even a word uh, for this. It's called financial infidelity, where one of you, you know, maybe you, one of you have thought about doing a budget and doing, you know, a financial plan and you forget that you need your partner's buy-in. So you do all the work, set up all the spreadsheets, do all the calculations, and then you go and say, here's the plan. And then the other one you're thinking is just going to go along with it. And instead, they just go off and do their own thing anyways, and then you get mad. And of course, you know, because you had a plan and trying to dictate it, you know, you, you know, they tried to hide the purchases and everything. And then all of a sudden, it all comes out eventually, and it erupts into a big money fight, right? Big money problem. And if this continues, the reason why this leads to divorce is because one of you is getting sick and tired of the others, financial irresponsibility. The one of you who is always trying to find ways to save money and make sure everything's covered while the other one is just going off, blowing the money, trying to have a good old time. You're trying to pay off the credit cards and they're constantly racking up new debt. You understand this is going to be a situation that is going to explode and you're going to start resenting each other. The same thing happens. When one spouse uh, decides to, you know, dump all the responsibility on the other spouse, you know, let's say even if you're willing to go along with whatever financial plan is in place, you know, you decide that all the work and uh, of that financial plan is going to be on the other person. The other person has to put in all the work. You know, the other person has to, you know, take on all the bills, all the planning. You know, the other person has to do all the work of all the uh, side hustles and, you know, trying to find a way to increase income even further. And all you're doing is going, okay, I'm a child. Just let me know what my allowance is and I'll just stick to that allowance. And that's all the effort you're willing to put in. Even in that situation, you're going to have a lot of resentment And it's going to build up and erupt at some point or another. You know, if you're not working together, building a shared plan, you're going to have resentment. And just know when you first start 
getting into handling the money together, you're going to have to provide a lot of grace to the other person. You know, uh, if you want them to get on board with doing a financial plan with you, you're going to have to give them uh, a get out of jail free card that as long as they're honest, that you're not, you're not going to get upset, you know, with how they were handling money. And the longer that this has been going on, the less right you have to be upset because you should have been doing this a long, long time ago, you know, towards the beginning of your relationship. In fact, you should have discussed uh, several key things before you even got married, right? Before you got married. Now, maybe you waited until you were engaged, okay? But at that point, once you're engaged and before you walk down the aisle, you should already have a few things agreed upon. Now, I get, you know, you can kind of think of this as a contract, you know, uh, or prenup or, you know, something. But the areas that you should have been in agreement on is, you know, how many kids you're going to have. You know, whether or not you're going to be, you know, a religiously faithful family, you know, or, you know, how you were going to go about, you know, promoting, you know, the values of your family. And you should have been completely open about your finances, your debt, and how you were going to go through and, you know, get all of that taken care of and, you know, what your financial plans would be. Those are the minimums that you need to have in place before you get married. Now, we'll go through and talk about this a little bit more. But first, let's take a few moments and thank our sponsor. Okay, now there's actually a few good reasons why when you first start doing your finances together that you need to be very graceful towards the other person and how they've handled money and whatever debt that they've racked up. Beyond the fact that you've waited so long to even start tackling all of this, you got to understand that they may have thought they had good motives and good intentions. You know, for instance, you know, they weren't making enough money, but they thought you deserved better things, nicer things. They thought they, you know, had to provide you the life they thought you deserved, and they weren't making enough money for it. And so they were going off and charging a bunch of things on credit cards, you know, that trip uh, to a theme park or, you know, uh, uh, the vacation that you went on, you know, the, you know, nice stuff that you got, you know, all these purchases that were being made that you just assumed, hey, they're getting paid good money, you know, therefore, you know, that they were, you know, my partner was so responsible with money that, you know, was able to go through and provide these nice things. What a great person, right? And you didn't question any of that, despite how you were living? You know, or maybe, you know, you were just going through and, you know, just not paying attention, just thinking, okay, they got it covered, they know what they're doing. And chances are, while you thought they knew what they were doing, they had no clue what they were doing. They were just, you know, stumbling along blindly, just going, oh, well, I must be doing something right. There's no objection. So, you know, you need to provide that grace, especially, you know, for the big purchases like houses and vehicles. You know, you were going through and, you know, just going along uh, as they were, 
you know, applying for that mortgage. And I know, I know enough about mortgages that you don't both have to be on there. And your spouse was the only one on the mortgage. And, you know, all this time you had no idea, you know, what, what your partner was actually, you know, bringing home take home pay. You know, maybe you thought you knew and you didn't know what the uh, mortgage was each and every month. And then the next thing you know, you got someone coming by your house, uh, inspecting the property for, Occupancy and yes, banks do that, you know, and making statements such as your house is in foreclosure. And all of a sudden, you want to get mad. But where were you in all of this? You know, you're just as, you know, culpable after marriage for any debt that was racked up, you know, that you just went along with without questioning. Now, the financial infidelity is another story whereby you thought you had a plan, you thought you were agreeing to things, and yet they were getting credit cards behind your back and spending money behind your back. And you didn't know. You know? Now, maybe in the back of your mind you kind of knew, you know, where are all these new things coming from? But you never really said anything. You never went through and questioned anything. Well, you know, it, it's not you know, uh, unreasonable to ask where you were, you know, during all that, you know, why you weren't questioning these purchases. Okay, so now you got the grace part in. So what do you do? Well, my first recommendation here, and I'll see if I can find any type of, you know, a link online, you know, an affiliate link, but if I can't, I'll just... You know, recommend you go to uh, DaveRamsey.com. And yes, you know, I, I love Dave Ramsey. You know, the going through Financial Peace University is going to do wonders for your marriage. Me and my wife, you know, when we, you know, decided that, you know, we need to start, you know, doing our finances right and figure out how to do money right. We went through Financial Peace University. We went through all the lessons. Now, when we first went through, it was 13 courses. And then, you know, we went through it again a second time. Uh, and we were given uh, an upgrade to the eight-week course, you know, or, or no, wait, the nine-week course. You know, they cut out a few lessons. You know, but it is a great class that helps strengthen your marriage while giving you a financial education. It goes through and talks about savings, how you save, why you save. It talks about how you can communicate uh, in your marriage about money and some of the pitfalls and traps uh, that you need to avoid, you know, so that you continue to, you know, be a partnership in your finances. It goes through and it talks about investing you know, uh, for retirement, uh, for kids, uh, college, for, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, um, investing options. And it's why I got my kids money, uh, invested, uh, in the stock market as well, uh, using mutual funds. And as I see that, you know, and I, you know, I've kept up with how much money they are making in the stock market, especially in the past couple of years. I mean, it's been phenomenal. And yet, you know, I just kind of hear, you know, some of my in-laws, you know, complaining about how you can't get an interest rate, you can't get anything. They're saving, they're saving, 
and, you know, they're only getting one or two cents, you know, in interest. And I'm looking at my kids' mutual fund statements, and they're making, you know, a few hundred dollars, you know, off the interest. Of course, they're not very old, and there are some limitations on how much you can give them in a single year. Uh, and that depends on what type of investment account that you have. Like, for instance, if you just have an education savings account, ESA, you can only provide a maximum contribution of $2,000 a year. You know, um, if you have, you know, an UTMA or an UGMA, you can only, you know, contribute up to $9,000 a year. So, you know, it's a pretty big difference <laughs> there. And one of them you have to use for your education or you get hit heavily with a tax penalty. The other one, you know, there is no tax penalty and it's not tied to education. All right. So, you know, we learned that. And then it also talked about in that class how to get out of debt. You know, the most efficient way to get out of debt and how you can, you know, work together and make it a true partnership and a goal and, you know, how to stay motivated. You know, especially as a couple to get out of debt. And it was a game changer, you know, going through that class. And so I would suggest you go through that class. That would be my number one goal. And then, you know, once you complete uh, getting out of debt, you know, then I'd go, go through and suggest the legacy journey. You know, and me and my wife, we went through, uh, you know, the legacy journey as well. And so, you know, we are living you know, as much as, you know, possible here, uh, according to Dave Ramsey's plan. And, you know, it has just been great. We haven't had a fight about money in years. You know, we have it set up where, you know, we got the budget template, you know, because our finances don't really change month to month. You know, it's pretty stable. You know, there's just some things like this month, there's a birthday. So we got to change a couple of things around. You know, um, you know, or there's a holiday or, you know, you know, something like that. And so we kind of switch things, you know, uh, up and down a little bit, you know, but other than that, you know, it's pretty stable. And so we got a template, you know, and we communicate by, you know, I will first, you know, just take the template, open it up, resave it with the month. I'll put in, you know, uh, the bills. Uh, that have uh, come, you know, uh, what the bills will be for that month, right? I mean, the bills are in both of our names, but, you know, they always end up uh, piled up on my desk, um, mainly because of the budget, you know, and all that. And then I send her a draft, uh, an edible uh, draft of the budget, where she goes in and she fills in the stuff that she knows most about, you know, because she you know, spends, you know, she's on, she's mostly a stay-at-home mom. I mean, she works, you know, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, but has Monday through Friday off. So, of course, because of that, she handles more of the grocery shopping and she handles, you know, what miscellaneous household items are going to be, you know, laundry detergent, uh, trash bags, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the miscellaneous stuff. You know, because that's the stuff that she handles. So she's going to be more of an expert in that. And, you know, so she goes in and she fills in, you know, what those items would be. And then we come together, 
And we go through and we discuss, you know, what is really needed, what is, you know, uh, and what's just a want. And then we go through, take a look at how much, you know, more money we can throw at, you know, some debt and, you know, um, you know, and how our emergency fund is and whether, you know, that should be higher or lower based off of what we're seeing and, you know, um, you know, along with maintenance bills. And then we just kind of edit through and, you know, until we come to a complete agreement on what the budget is. And then, you know, we fill out the paycheck allocation and we go from there, you know, and then that's our financial plan for the month. You know, so you can start seeing, you know, that there's communication there, but it wasn't so smooth. When we first started, you know, on the Dave Ramsey plan, I, I was just like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I I don't really want to share this with her because I want her to think things are better than they are. Or, you know, I, I'm too, you know, too concerned, you know, about, you know, letting her see the entirety of the debt. What is she going to think? You know, <laughs> and I, I guess it didn't occur to me about her debt. You know, so, you know, when you start going through and, you know, even on the Dave Ramsey plan, you got to understand, there's going to be some embarrassment. There's going to be, you know, a lot of hesitation and fear about, you know, the one person, you know, or maybe both of you are going to be afraid of what the other person is going to think. You know, maybe you've both just been irresponsible with money, right? And so you got to start thinking that this is our money, not his and her money. These are our bills, not his bill and her bills. This is our savings, not his savings and her savings. You got to remember in all situations, it's in ours, not his and her. You know, despite what, you know, having his and her towels are, there is no his stuff and your stuff. There is no, you know, uh, his life, your life, his towels, her towels, his computer, her computer, his phone, her phone. None of that. You know, it's all ours, right? And you got to make sure that you understand that vocabulary, that once you got married, once you, you know, said, I do, you became one. You became one household, one economic uh, powerhouse, you know, our, our economic household. You became one. Everything is ours. You got to change your vocabulary. And if you haven't changed your vocabulary and you're listening to the show, maybe you've figured out where the starting point is for once you start moving out of the bedroom of what you need to do in order to build that relationship that you want, the relationship you feel is missing. Now, this doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. You know, if he has some shame or, you know, around uh, finances as well, you know, it, it may take a little while to get him on board with changing how you've been running your household for a long time. You know, he doesn't want to admit that he doesn't know the first thing about handling money because nobody taught anybody. You know, that, that's the one thing, you know, that I have to say about my parents' generation is that they never taught anybody about money. 
They just assume that we'll figure it out or that it's up to the schools to teach you how money works and how to handle money. And maybe the reason why they never said anything is because no one taught them about money either. You know, it's amazing how economic illiterate a lot of people are and a lot of couples are. And so maybe, you know, as you go through here, you're going to have to have, you know, some patience on getting the other person on board. You're going to have to reassure them that you're not going to get mad, that what has happened in the finances in the past, you know, is a get-out-of-jail-free card, just as long as you start working together going forward. And you're going to have to understand that even doing that is going to take time. Because there's a lot of emotions with money, a lot of embarrassment with money, a lot of, you know, ego tied up with how you're doing financially. You know, and they don't want, and maybe, you know, some of that is because they're miserable in their job or, you know, they, you know, have this passion built up and they're unable to realize it. And so they're trying to medicate their misery with spending on stuff. And they may not be willing to make that sacrifice at first. And so you may have to go through and not just, you know, do the whole get out of jail free card. You're going to have to get to the root emotional cause of their money habits. You know, and then see what it is that you can do to address that emotional cause. You know, and, you know, understand that, you know, you may have to, you know, talk to them about short-term sacrifices. Maybe they have to give up that dream car that they, you know, leased or, you know, uh, are making payments on because the payments are killing you. And you may have to tell them they may need to downgrade, you know, their vehicle, uh, at least temporarily. And if you do that, then one of your uh, goals, once you get out of debt, is promise that you will save up for them to buy the car that they, you know, the car of their dreams or the car that they want, I guess within reason, you know, not a $200,000 car if you're trying to live off of a $60,000 a year income combined. But within reason, make that one of the savings goals. You know, and what you may find though is by the time you get to that point, they may no longer care about the car. They may go through and realize that the money and the financial security is far more important to them. You know, and so as you go through and you handle money better, you know, you're going to see changes in their habits, changes in their behavior. It's just getting started. Understanding that you can't hold what they've done in the past while you weren't paying attention, you know, is you can't be held against them. You know, it's a clean slate and you have to address the emotional cause of their spending habits. Okay. And so I will go through here and talk a little bit more about money uh, in the next episode and handling money together and maybe some of the tactics uh, that you can use in order to really, you know, become a one, a, a team with money. 
But in this episode, I wanted to make sure that you understood, you know, the problems of not doing your finances together and some of the obstacles that you will come across when you first start combining your finances and working as a team. And my number one recommendation is to go to DaveRamsey.com, look up the Financial Peace University, and go through that class together. It will change your marriage. It will improve your communication. It will it will accelerate for you. You know, your path towards the relationship out of the bedroom that you are looking for. All right, so that's it uh, for this week's episode. I'd like to thank you for your time and attention. I know that, you know, in tuning in each and every week, you know, you are taking time, which is your most valuable asset, to get the advice that I provide so that you can have the relationship that you want. And I appreciate that. And I'm still working uh, on being able to turn this into a video show as well so that you'd be able to watch it on various, you know, video platforms. Uh, I'm about one or two uh, pieces of equipment away from everything that I need in order to really start, you know, getting to get into a high quality video production. I'm still trying to debate whether or not to do a green screen, but you know, we'll get to that uh, when the time comes. All right. But anyways, uh, for now, uh, this will just remain uh, an audio show. Thank you so much. And I'll be back again 